0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to HCG Body Talk on Blog Talk Radio, where we discuss how to achieve the health and body of your dreams one day at a time with HCG Body for Life. How to stay sempre fit, fit for life Please welcome your host, international HCG diet coach, author and creator of HCG Body for Life Colin F. Watson HCG Body for Life For the body of your life Hey guys, this is Colin Watson, the 8CG Diet Coach and author and creator of 8CG Body for Life and welcome to 8CG Body Talk. Uh, today's topic is uh, Phase 4. Um, this is the stage that uh, there wasn't originally a Phase 4 in uh, the original Simeon's Protocol. You had uh, you know, Phase 1, 2, and 3 and then 4 was um, quote unquote uh, given by Kevin Trudeau, just go back to eating normally and uh, you wouldn't gain any weight and you'd be fine. Well, I think there's probably millions of people right now that aren't real happy <laughs> with that uh, that misleading information. So, I, so Jane and I, uh, several years ago, when we put our book together, we put together a phase four that we found very beneficial into helping us maintain our weight. And really, it was a it was a journey of discovery to basically find out which foods um, my body, but in particular, was sensitive to, which which foods I could eat. Um, Readily, uh, you know, readily all the time, you know, often, and not have any uh, major spikes in weight. Now, keep in mind when you do this protocol correctly, and you've gone through all the phases, and you go through phase three, stabilizing. The purpose of phase three is to kind of lock your weight set point and give your body a barometer of where your body weight should be. You have a new weight set point. Which means it's telling your body that this is the way you belong at now and not the weight that you left and that's why I tell people in phase three it's very important that you um that you that you do stabilize in phase three because if you don't, your body only knows your previous weight set points so if you lost 50, 60, hundred pounds there's no accident why people end up gaining that weight back over a year, six months, or three years, within, usually within three years, 94% within three years gain their weight back and they end up right back where they left because your body's calibrated there. So if you follow this protocol, which is the HCG protocol, is the only diet that I think, uh, known to man, that actually had a a scientific systematic way of reprogramming the body to to have a new memory point to lock in that weight. So when you go into phase four, Phase four is an exercise of reintroducing sugars and starches and the foods you've avoided for the last six, uh, the 12 weeks, um, getting your getting the body of your life. And you know, for some of you, the journey is very long. For some of you, there's been a, it may be a tough journey. For some of you it may be easy, but you know, losing 50, 60, 100 pounds or 20 pounds, you know, once you get to that place where you look in the mirror and you and you're completely proud of your accomplishment, you feel the best you've ever felt in your life. Um he always poses the question to me is that why do we let it go so simply? Why did we e- so easily let it go and end up creeping back up that scale to back to where we left and end up being in that depressed state once again anywhere from three, six, nine months, a year later, or sooner or later. So we wanted to give you a, a you know a systematic way of, of helping you stay present and stay conscious in phase four and help you keep the weight off. And I actually made and actually there's a there's gonna be some some, some easy tips that I'm talk, talking about at the very end of the show on how to literally maintain your weight uh, within the, that same two pounds for for life. And it does take some discipline. It does take, take some implementation, but it's not rocket science. It's just really about discipline. Um, what sparked this conversation really was I got a phone call from a previous coaching client from two years ago that lost over 135 pounds, and it stayed within two pounds of that of that. And weight over the last two years, and he was calling me to just give me an update, and he was changing some things in his diet, and he saw his body wasn't responding as well, and he started to climb over that two pound and he wanted to know what was going on, so we chatted about certain certain things in his in his diet, but it just reminded me um, of this formula that we don 't really talk about a lot because uh, you know i I'm, I'm constantly you know figuring, trying to figure out different and better ways to for for people as a, as a whole to be able to maintain their weight. And I really haven't found anything that works better than this. And every time that I've deviated from this my own formula, I found myself usually within within a 10-pound gain. Um, I call it the 10-pound uh, sledgehammer. It just seems to show up out of nowhere in a very short period of time. And I always have this 10-pound swing, give or take, you know, once or twice a year. And so I realized that going back to the basics is really what works for me. It works for Danny. It works for hundreds of people now. And so I really thought I should, I should talk a little bit more about this um phase four is probably one of the most lengthy chapters in in my book so you know i'm going to kind of condense this down um so to make sure we have enough time to give you all the information and and also leave some time for questions if there's if there's people who have questions um but phase four is you know eating for life you know it's like uh you know i i coined the um i titled the show you know how to Eat to live instead of living to eat. And that's kind of one of the things that we've developed as, you know, Westerners here in the in the United States. And, you know, we kind of are gluttons and we eat way too much food and the food portions are usually way too big. And what happens is that we're constantly compounding, you know, the amount of calories we're putting in our body every single day, which helps us. You know, gain that weight back. It's not what we do occasionally that causes us problems, it's what we do all the time. And so, if you're able to you know, have a, you personally have a list of the foods your body loves and the, and the foods your body is sensitive to, it gives you a state of mind, a conscious state of mind to make decisions on a daily basis that can help you maintain your waistline. And it's one thing about the ACG diet protocol and ACG Body for Life that phase one through three, if You know, 10 people out of 10 people follow the same protocol the same way. 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 will get similar or the same exact results. But when it comes to phase 4, there is no phase 4 for everybody. So each individual person needs to create their own phase 4, and that's what I think that we've done quite well in our book by giving you a systematic way of determining which of these uh, carbs and sugars and starches um, actually cause your body to have fluctuations in weight. So today's conversation is going to be about carbohydrates. It's going to be, you know, you know how how to utilize carbs in conjunction with proteins and fats in order to get your body to function uh, and maintain your weight relatively easily. Um, we have a couple of callers coming on the show now, so real quick before I get into the meat of the conversation, if you're on the call and you can hear me pretty clearly, uh, press one on your phone that puts your hand up that lets me know that you heard that instruction And then I can proceed with the show so just press one on your phone That lets you know the audio is fine, and then we can go Anybody pushing one? I don't see any ones up uh, if you don't push the one then it lets it tells me that you can't hear me And then we have to kind of play around with the audio and and, and take some time up so um, Thank you very much here. We go <laughs> all right, so you can push one and put your hand down again. Thank you all right, so um, we 're going to talk about how we introduce these carbs in and- if you, got, if you don't know what carbs are, the carbohydrates get a bad, you know, get, kind of get a bad rap if people think carbs are bad. You know, it's like our body needs carbs. It's actually an essential, it's essential for us to have these carbs in a balanced diet. It also gives us our energy, allows our brain to function well, um, allows us to recover from exercise well. So carbs are essential to our diet. The problem is, is the combinations of carbs that we've done in traditional, in our traditional dishes and foods, usually the combination is what's lethal. So we're going to talk about, you know, simple carbs and complex carbs, and simple carbs digest quickly and complex carbs digest a little bit slowly and they break down slower in the body, but they're both are essential. Now, we have some who consume more simple carbs than complex carbs, and that's what causes, you know, the sugar spikes and the diabetes and the, and the the and the bloating and the weight gain but um balancing out this balancing out this act is really what's important, so you know your simple carbs are beans you know, beans and breads and pastas, popcorns, potatoes, oatmeal, cookies, soft drinks, the stuff that you know dissolve think about they just dissolve into sugar and they turn into sugar really quickly, and you have your complex carbs are going to be your fruits, your vegetables, your legumes, your nuts, um things that we look look at a, as a more healthier, balanced part of the carb family. So, in phase four, it's simply about reintroducing these sugars and starches back into your body and paying attention on how your body responds to this. And and this is something that people do not do normally. They don't, you know, they start going back to eating normally or what they consider normal. I think eating through phase uh, two is normal, but going back to the traditional fast food lifestyle, I mean, this is definitely not going to be a recipe for maintaining your weight. Um, anyone who tells you that, that, you know, going through this protocol and detoxing your body, losing all this body fat, getting in great shape, looking great, and then returning to a high, you know, high fat and high, you know, fructose corn syrup or fast food diet is going to somehow miraculously allow you to maintain your weight on a regular basis. It's, it's, a, it's completely misleading. And so you do you do It is a lifestyle change if you're not willing to make this lifestyle change you're going to find yourself either repeating the diet repeat over and over and over again or just becoming frustrated and being stuck where you're at so in order in order for for this to to do this it's really about you know we're going to break it down like we've broken down every part of this phase uh, protocol before into um a 21 day span for you to adjust to the new lifestyle in phase four. So you have phase two, which is you know minimum 26 days and up to 60, 90 days. You have phase three, the stabilization phase, which is 21 days, and we have phase four, which is 21 days at minimum. And phase four is, is we're going to actually put together, have you do these combinations and putting these foods back into your diet and having you pay attention to how your body responds. And by the end of the 21-day period, you should have a pretty comprehensive list of of um, uh, carbs, simple and complex, but prim- primarily simple carbs, the ones that really cause the diet problems, um, which ones your body actually responds well to and which ones your body doesn't. These are starches and sugars. So. What we're going to do, basically, I'm going to break it down into the three weeks for you. And like I said, i really condensed this uh, down. There's a lot more detail in it in my book. Um, but I wanted to make sure the show was going to be short enough and effective and give it the information that you needed. So, uh, try, and try not to make it too complex. So, in week one, um, you're going to basically, you're going to add, you're going to start to add back one sugar or starch into your daily meals only in one meal for the day. So what that would look like for example is that you're, you know, you've come off of phase 3 which you've now added probably legumes and nuts and some dairy back into your calorie content. Uh, You've been still eating a nice lean protein and vegetables and having fruit, but now you have different fruits. You're not stuck with the same exact fruits that we had on phase two. You have now a different variety, but your calorie restrictions have been still moderate if you're going through our protocol the way we do do phase three. But you have reintroduced um, different foods but no sugars and starches back into your diet. When you move to phase four, now, you know, the lid's off. You can pretty much eat whatever you want, but I believe there's a way to, a way to do that. You still don't want to shock your body and overload it with sugars and starches, but you also want to have a conscious way of understanding what your body's doing. So what that would look like, for example, for give you an example for me, so say I'm moving from phase three and my and phase four, my first meal, I, the one thing that I, is my Achilles heel, it, it, it dining out, or anytime we go anywhere, is bread. I love bread. And um, so bread is something that I've obviously restricted, have to, had to restrict from my diet if I'm on phase two and phase phase two and phase three. And so that's the first thing that would be on my list of one of the things I'd want to put back into my diet. So the simplest way for me to do that is that I would have my normal, say, omelet or eggs and my turkey bacon, and then I would finally add two pieces of toast to my breakfast, um, and, and I would eat my normal uh, protein and vegetables for lunch and protein and vegetables for dinner and, you know, whatever, legumes and nuts or dairy, whatever I was going to add, add back into my diet. Other, But I'm still only, everything else is healthy, kind of phase three, phase three um, food combinations, maybe calorie restrictions are, are within my BMR, uh, which allows me to make sure that my body is not consuming more calories than it's burning. But I'm going to now add this, this starch in and i'm going to now get up the next morning and i'm continue to weigh myself every day and i'm going to get on the scale and i'm going to see if me adding toast to my breakfast changed my changed my weight set point at all or i had any increases in weight and you'll kind of know it's it's pretty interesting that you'll know when you hit a food that your body is sensitive to because you're you're not your not, you're, your body's not going to your weight's not going to soar out of control you know five 'Cause that's what the stabilization phase was for, but you will see a very kind of a spike, like you know, all of a sudden a pound up or a pound and a half or something pretty dramatic. If you get a quarter to a half point gain, that's just the water, it's not it's not a big deal. But you so you pay attention. The next day in in week one, so you have seven days in the week, and every single day in the in the first week of phase four, you're gonna be introducing a different sugar or starch into your diet you want to make sure that you're thinking of things that you would normally avoid Um, you know there's certain foods that I just avoided you know for thinking that they were just bad for me Um, and I found out through this process that actually those are the foods that my body actually did well with Um, and like you know like sweet potatoes and right brown rice I mean my body actually does really well with that so you 're going to want to the next next meal, and it could be any meal it doesn 't have to be breakfast. I chose breakfast for that particular example because I like to take my my carbs in early in the day, so I know that whatever exercise or um, whatever activity i 'm going to be doing throughout the day will burn those will burn those sugars off pretty quick so the next day you can either choose breakfast, lunch or dinner, and I do recommend that you alternate the times of day that you that you 're taking in these adding these these sugars or starches to your meals to see if your body responds differently later in the day than it does in the morning. So all through week one, you're going to add in a different sugar or starch. And that could be anything. There's no restrictions. If you want to have a donut, you know, for breakfast or lunch, and that's your one um, starch that you're going to be adding, sugar or starch you're going to be adding to your meal combination, that's fine. The point is you want to put the data in, which is the food source, the sugar or the starch, and then you want data out. You want to log the next morning on your same food journal you use for phase three, I mean, phase two and phase three. You want to log in, okay, I had toast. My body moved. didn't move that much at all or it moved a pound, whichever the response is. I had I had a bagel or a donut. My body moved. I had a candy bar. My body didn't move or move. And, and so you want to log in these different things. You want to try to kind of... Navigate yourself through the food list. Things like I said, things you you naturally would think that you want to avoid. But you got to keep in mind whatever food food you're adding, whatever starch you're adding to that particular meal for that day, you got to make sure that that starch within itself doesn't have a number of combinations of starches. Like you don't want to say, I'm going to have a hamburger and French fries for lunch because now you've added. The bread, the starch from the bread, and the starch from the potatoes, and you put that food combination together, and that's that's way later into this process. So it's just a, it's just about data in, data out, and it might it might sound tedious. But the point, it's really fascinating when you find out what foods your body actually responds to and which ones it, it actually doesn't respond to. And, and sometimes for some people it's extremely shocking and it unleashes some things that you can actually eat that you thought you probably have to avoid and vice versa. Some things that you thought you didn't have to avoid that wouldn't cause you any problems at all actually end up, up giving you some major spikes in your weight. So all through week, that's what you're going to do for week one of phase four and you're going to take in that data. Now week two is very similar to week one, except now you're going to add a sugar or a starch in not just one meal but two meals in the same day, but not in the same meal. And so it's really important that you pay attention to this, and that's why it's kind of great to have the written book that you can actually follow along. But uh, I hope I'll break this down to you so you can understand it pretty easily. But now you're taking two, you're taking a starch. And a sugar, or vice versa, but you're adding them in your day, but not in the same meal. So you don't want to have your your oatmeal and bread in the same you know breakfast. You want to have oatmeal for breakfast along with whatever protein you're going to have. And I always recommend with every meal you're going to have a protein. It just seems to help keep your body, your body, your body blood sugar stabilized. It keeps your it keeps your your weight maintained. It keeps your energy level, and it also keeps you full throughout the day longer. So. Think about every time you're having a meal, add some sort of pro- protein in it. So you're going to have your protein in the morning and say you have your carb, and that happens to be, for example, for me, oatmeal. And then later in the day for lunch or dinner, I'm going to add something else. So that may be a potato, you know, baked potato. Um, it may be a sweet potato. It may be French fries. It may be, you know, the uh, crust from the pizza. I mean, whatever whatever your fancy is. I mean, this is definitely there's no restriction on what sugar or starch you you, you choose for that particular combination. The point is just make sure you don't put them in the same meal. So you're going to do this throughout the whole seven days of of week two. Now you can see how the numbers start to add up because now you're adding two starches in the same in, in you know in the same day and you're doing different ones and so you always want to, you want, you want to kind of look at things you that you normally used to eat in the past and couldn't figure out which of, which of the things you you actually gained weight from because you can look in your past diet Previous to getting on this particular protocol and kind of go, oh, I don't know, I ate a lot of stuff. I, mean, I ate fast food, and I ate ice cream, and I ate this, and I ate that, but I don't know what made me fat. I thought it all just made me fat. Well, you know what? You'll be surprised not all of it made you fat, uh, and it's usually the combinations what make you fat, but you'll be really – I'm telling you, this was a very fascinating study to do this. But it really opened my eyes and opened Janie's eyes. And now everyone who's done this, it gives you a real eye-opening aspect of really how to look at foods and how you kind of start to to migrate away from the foods that are causing you major spikes in your weight. Because ultimately, this is about not having to deprive yourself of everything that you ever loved for the rest of your life, but it's also about staying present and actually paying attention to what you are eating. The, you know, the real, I think, problem with obesity in this country is not that we just eat bad food I think is the fact that we have no clue when and how much bad food we're eating and we go unconscious and we just kind of just put things in our mouth and don't really pay attention the next thing you know we're just up 10 20 30 100 pounds so this is a process of staying present and I'll tell you that the most difficult part of this phase four exercise and eating to live is about staying present because we like to check out as human beings. We like to check out a lot. That's how we deal with our emotions. That's how we deal with stress. That's how we deal with fights with our boyfriend or girlfriend. That's how we deal with the boss. We just check out and we start going to comfort things. And so this really, the most difficult part that people have with this exercise is actually staying present and and making that choice not to, not to just, you know, get, you know, get your fix now and, and worry about the consequences tomorrow because we know what tomorrow brought us. That's the reason why we're all here because so many tomorrows and tomorrow's tomorrows end up putting me into a body and to a level of health that was limiting my lifespan by a good decade. So anyway we're gonna move on. So now you get that down to phase to, to two week two it's two starches, same day, not the same meal, and you're gonna do different combinations throughout the week and you're gonna jot down your 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 data. Now, this is a discipline of every single morning, just like you've been doing in phase, just like you did in phase one, phase two, phase three. You get up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, you weigh yourself. The reason why emptying your bladder is important, guys. I mean, just this morning, I I went, to we got on the scale, and then I was like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. And then I went to the bathroom, and 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 got back on the scale, and I was three, about three three eighths, what a quarter, a little of a quarter, but three eighths of a pound lighter just from emptying my bladder. So that's why it's really important that you empty your bladder before you before you get on the scale in the morning to make sure your weight is accurate, because that can make a huge difference in how you're judging the food response. So you want to weigh yourself every single morning. That, that to me, is a discipline for life. You weigh yourself every morning, you get up, and then you, you're going to um, see how your body responded. So week three is um, – week three of phase four, which is the final week of phase four, is really the test of – the combinations of of starches and this is where most people this is where the American diet has basically kind of doomed us I mean some of the foods that we we love their traditional holiday foods or just traditional go-to foods like fast food like the hamburger and french fries the hot dog and the chili dog and the cheese and the french fries on top of that or the pizza um, with all the stuff on it or the you know having the lasagna with the garlic toast I mean these combinations um are just piling starch on starch on top of starch and that's really what the problem is. Usually a protein and a starch really that combination and most of for most of us doesn't seem to cause a great deal of havoc in our body. It is a combination of starches and starch on top of starches. So having the, the hamburger, the french fries and the coke, you know major, major rush of carbs, and that's why your body just swells up, and, and, and you can gain weight rapidly, and you can gain over five pounds just, just from eating that combination alone, so this week three is really about really paying attention, because now is where your body, used, this is usually week three, most people have no problem with week, week one, they they go through it pretty easily, their list is not kind of major, and then you start to kind of get a little confident, going, you know, what, hey, I could... I seem like my body does well with sugars and starches. And then you start doing the two in the day and it, it seems a little bit more sensitive, but not really off the charts yet. You're not, you're not, you're not alarming you because it hasn't thrown you over the two pound uh, ratio for most people. And then you get into th- week three. And this is when you're putting together the famous combinations of putting together two starches in the same meal. And this is where usually people start to get some real good feedback of what how your body responds to the combinations of starches and sugars and starches in the same meal, you put them in the same day throughout the same week and it compounds the problem. So what you're going to do is you're going to now take, you know, two starches, and then so the example I've already given probably seven times already is the hamburger and french fries. You got the starch from the potatoes, the starch from the bun, you have the hamburger and french fries in one of your meals throughout the day, you see how your body responds. Now what's also you're learning about being present See, it's okay. You'll find that it's okay to have a combination like this once a day. But if you have a combination like this two times a day, three times a day, four times a day, you're not even thinking you're doing it, um, this is what really blows people out of control. And this is where their weight balloons up. And a lot of times it's it's the water response. If you actually got ate clean for a few days, you'd lose it. But we're doing this day in and day out, and after a while your body can't process it. And you never can't process it and then pretty soon it just starts storing away its fat so week three of phase four you're going to be doing these two the same st- sugars and starches in the same meal and you are going to be doing different meals through over that seven day week and that's where you really have to pay attention to how you put your food combinations together and try to be creative or try to find that list that that emotional list we all have of certain foods we stay away from because traditionally we think That's the food that that pushes over the edge. And I tell you, ironically, it seems like a very high percentage of the time, the foods that that people think is what put them over the edge is really not what did did it. Um, I know that, um, for example, Jenny, she can go have chips. We have a Mexican restaurant here in Hermosa. It's got phenomenal food, and it's got the most amazing um, mango margaritas, you know, they're all, you know, they're all natural margaritas. I mean, they're still alcohol. They still turn to sugar. But they use agave and they use all this natural fruit and everything, no 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 added sugar like you are getting real, you know, normal margarita mix. They're the, the bomb. They're to the die for, right? And we love this place ever since we ate there the first time. And so we go there occasionally. And we went there a lot in the beginning. And then we just realized that you can't do that. So we go there occasionally. So she But she'll go. So, like, if I say, look, I'm not having the margaritas. I can't do it. And she'll go, okay, I'll go. She goes with her girlfriend. Like She just went the other day. One of her girlfriends, she had chips and sauce. She loves her chips and sauce and her margaritas. They went and had an, an afternoon at it. She ate that, and we came back. We had a normal dinner. I think we either had um, steak and vegetables or fish or something. I think, no, I think we had chili and sea bass and whatever. It doesn't matter. We had a healthy dinner, and got the next day, and she was like, hmm, I wonder how it, how that, how that worked out. And she actually dropped a pound from that day so sometimes you buy it's okay when you actually spike it with some sugar and starch or some high calories and then go back to a normal calorie meal but the thing is she had that one outing throughout the entire day i mean her breakfast was healthy and normal her her uh lunch i guess that was kind of her lunch snack was high calorie then dinner was healthy and normal and that kind of gave a balance but she actually lost weight on that particular day eat, even though she had something that was considered very high in calorie uh, margaritas and chips and salsa so so giving yourself the feedback of how your body does with these combinations throughout the week, you want to try and push the envelope because this is, you have to understand, this is data that can actually save you tons of heartache in the months and years to come if you actually understand how your body processes food. So now that you've done that and you have now have this data, you now have 21 days of putting together, adding certain uh, sugars and starches into your meal along with your normal, um, you know, um, slow-acting carbs, and your proteins and your fats, all the stuff you were already eating in your diet, but you've added these these you know strategic points of sugars or starches in your diet. Now you notice that if you were able, if you notice now the strategic part is there's, there's like kind of two or three full message in this whole lesson here. Number one is teaching you basically how to pay attention and how, and how to stay present. Number one lesson: we stay present, we stay thin. We go unconscious, get lost into our, in our into our drama will gain weight. And we, we, I'm sure you guys understand that. Um, but now you've actually paid attention to what food combination you, you were doing. Now you have a list. Now that list, to this day, that list of foods is in, taped inside my kitchen cabinet. And at any given time, I can't remember, was it what? Was it sweet potatoes or baked potatoes? Was it was it brown rice or white rice? I can just open up my cabinet and goes, this is my food list of Go-to foods, and this is my food list, food list of avoid, and some of them I already know consciously what to avoid. I know to avoid bread. I know to avoid baked potatoes. I know that I can have sweet potatoes. I know that brown rice works for me. White rice doesn't. I mean, and, but so when you go out to dinner, it makes it a lot easier when you're looking at the menu. Hey, can you swap out the brown, white rice for brown rice? Do you have brown rice? Great. Do you have beans? Great. Do you have, you know, leave, leave the bread off the table? You know, that's fine. I'll just use, I'll use vegetables instead. I mean, you can make these decisions. So once you've done this process, you have a list now of these foods, you want to break them down into go-to foods and avoid foods. Now, avoid means simply that. It doesn't mean never can have ever again in your life. It means avoid. And, and that means, like the example I gave of Janie going having chips and salsa and margaritas, um, having margaritas every day, you know, with the high fruit, the high, high amount of fruit uh, that's in these juices in these margaritas would not be a good recipe for maintaining your weight. But occasionally having them, you know, once a week, even. Once a week and one meal out of the day would not cause a big problem. So now you have a go-to and, a, and an avoid, which means occasional. And there's, for some people, there may be a complete, i can't, you know, I shouldn't even eat that. I'm just going to take it off my list. Now, some people are that strategic. like Kim, Kim Landis from Northern California, she's very strict like that. She knows there's a list of foods that she's not going to get near. I think she just basically stays away from processed sugar, period, and uh, and artificial sweeteners, which is not a bad decision. But in in life, I know we vacation a lot. It's not that easy to do that. And sometimes you just want to indulge. So this this is a formula about being able to indulge, being able to understand how your body processes these foods. These are foods that your body loves, not your husband, not your girlfriend, not your wife, not your kids. It's you. And I think that's what makes it so important, makes this particular part of the protocol so important because everyone leaves phase three, say you maintain well. The reason why we have you know people coming back and they're coming back upset and depressed and beaten and defeated because they' gained their weight back is because they didn't have a game plan in phase four, and if they did have a game plan, they abandoned it and I got to tell you that i've abandoned you know I've abandoned my game plan in phase four several times throughout the last five years, and almost every time we've done that it's been primarily surrounded around a vacation. And it's kind of a given that we say, you know, we get, we kind of actually start, you know, eating really clean, you know, a month or so right before the our, our vacation. We usually get sub, you know, sub below our normal weight. Uh, within a five-pound cushion, 'cause we know we're gonna gain about ten pounds. 'Cause we, we, we that's when we're really indulging our alcohol. We're eating food that's being prepared for us on a daily basis. It's, you know, you have to be really strategic about the food combinations you're putting together, and it gets a little bit more challenging. And sometimes you go, you know, what the heck? I'm gonna get my buzz on, and that's life, okay? But you know, that's why people gain weight on vacation so much because the indulgence is, is day in and day out, day in and day out. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about how, how to even navigate that and still keep your weight, um, your, your gaining weight to a minimal. Uh, minimum. And, we, and we've and we done this and had to come back and eat clean. And if that didn't work, you know, six months or a year later, we just did another protocol. I and mean, we, de- we definitely do a protocol by once a year, a 21-day fa- a 20, 21 day phase, just a detox and get all the chemicals or anything else that we kind of slip back into our diet out. And I'm not ashamed to say that because it works for me. I'd rather do a 21-day phase once a year and maintain my weight and feel and look the way I look than to gain all my weight back, come and go through months of depression, go all the way back down, go all the way back up, and do that yo-yo thing, it's, it's emotionally draining. So this process sounds, some, to some people it may sound very simple because people like structure. To other people it might be, ah, oh, too much freaking work, you know what? And I got to say, choose your own poison because ultimately I speak to people every single day that wish they had a game plan, wish they had stuck to a game plan, wish they even knew what a game plan was for Phase 4 and are completely beating the crap out of themselves because they found themselves back in that body that they left. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more daunting or haunting than um, finally realizing that you look a certain way under all, all that 20, 30, 50, 100 pounds of fat you finally see how you were designed to look and feel and you see how people treat you and you experience how people treat you differently when you just feel better and look better. And, and, and I'll tell you right now, I don't know if it's chicken before the egg. I don't know if it's because, because people treat you differently because you just feel – you exude so much more confidence and you feel better about yourself or are people that shallow because you look better and they want to talk to you. I believe it's the previous – Statement that I believe we, when we feel better about ourselves, we exude of, a certain amount of energy and a certain aura that attracts people. And when we feel not great about ourselves, and we're hiding, and we we don't we don't feel we kind of are disgusted with our with ourselves, we're pushing people away. We're like we got we repelling people, you know, as, as quickly as possible because we don't want to, to we don't want them to have their presence feel, let's feel worse than we already do. So when you've already when you've accomplished that and you look in the mirror and you see what you're supposed to look like or how you're supposed to feel, and then you let yourself get back to that place you left, it is devastating. It is emotionally, um, it is like somebody threw a brick in your face, and it's harder to deal with. It's almost better like ignorance ignorance is bliss. It's almost better having your story that you really can't lose the weight. You come from a fat family, and everybody in your family is fat, and you're a fat bone, and you've never been thin. You probably should never be thin, and, and it's it's for somebody else, not me, and blah, blah, blah. We all have this story. Yeah, trust me, I speak from experience. <laughs> I'm not I'm not pointing the finger. I know when you point the finger, you got three more pointing back at you. I'm telling you because I've been there. I know exactly what the conversation is. And when you come to that place and you end up going back, it's really devastating. So I'm having this conversation with you because I don't want you to feel that way. I don't want you to have to experience feeling that low that comes with achieving something and then letting it go because you do have to take responsibility for it. Now I know that people we all have a ways to avoiding responsibility because life happens. You know, you get in an accident, you break a leg, you break a whatever, you, you injure yourself or someone dies or something tragic tragic happens and you have a meltdown and you start gaining weight but realistically if you if you shed all the the story away from that ultimately you chose you made a choice to to deal with your pain in a way that gave you satisfaction or or relief for the moment but caused Bigger problem and bigger pain later on. It was still us. We still did it, but it was circumstances that make it understandable for everyone else to see why that could happen. But ultimately, you don't really give yourself – you really don't let yourself off the hook. You tell everyone else that story, but inside you're beating the crap out of yourself because you know I'm the one that did this. I'm the one that – Put the food in my my mouth, and I'm the one that blew myself up. So this is what this place Phase Four plan is about, and and it's about being serious. It's about being present. It's about caring enough to pay attention, but also caring enough to do this every single day. And I know, trust me, I know it sounds like a lot of hard work, and actually, it gets easier when you do it. And that's why I said the stem dish is that you know. The gentleman that we coached a couple years ago that has been doing this for two years reminded me that Jay and I did it for two years and then went on vacation. And I said, oh, you know, it's got to be a different way to do, do a different way of doing this. Let me figure out another way. I played around and tried different tests and different experiments because that's what I do. I keep thinking it's got to be a different way to crack the code. And I'm coming back to tell you, so far I haven't found a better way. So now that now you have the information, now I'm going to talk about how you implement that information, what you do once you have the information. So now you have your list. You know what foods your body loves, you know what foods your body is sensitive to, so you know what to avoid, you know, you know what to eat, you know what to avoid. You have a, a green light, red light list, so you know, you have the knowledge. So now ignorance, you cannot claim ignorance that, you know, I didn't know that would blow me up, I didn't know that would gain weight, because you know, right? Now, of course, you haven't, you haven't been able to make a list of all the foods, but really, you could do this, you can go on all day doing this to get as many food lists, as the biggest food list you want, because phase four is not just, it's only three weeks For us to give you a – really just for you to create a habit, but you can do phase four like this for for as long as you want. And trust me, you won't be be having a weight problem. You'll be having a knowledge and data, you know, data in problem, which is a good problem to have. So once you have this information, then you have to make this, this strategic decision that you want to maintain this weight, that you like the way you look. Now and, and feel. Now if you're not at your end weight, then you're obviously gonna do another protocol and you're gonna come back at this come back this whole full circle again. But we're just we're assuming that all of you have reached, you know, the pinnacle of your health, the pinnacle of the sexiest body that you can have at the, no matter what age you are, and you wanna keep it. So let's talk about how to keep the weight off for life. And it, and really this part of the conversation is this big. <laughs> um it's 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 sinfully simple. But it's not, and you'll see why. In other words, number one rule to maintain your weight for life is weigh yourself every day. If you travel a lot, travel with your own personal scale, not the scale in the hotel, not the scale in the gym. you got to use your scale, your data, because every other scale, is, their data is different. I'm sure you've heard me say before on my radio shows that is it, is it has anyone ever got on the scale before they went to a doctor's appointment, because you know the doctor's going to weigh you, Got on the scale, went to the doctor's appointment, got on their scale, and you did not weigh five or six pounds more than you weighed before you left the house. It to me, I have never had it not happen that way. So I assume that it probably happened that way for most people. Um, so we know that a scale is not a scale is not a scale. So we actually have a travel scale. It's very thin, very small. It's just trailing. If you've seen some of my maybe um, you know my my tweets or. Instagram photos when we're packing for vacation, the scale is on the bed with all the clothes and it goes in the suitcase. Take the battery out, put it in the suitcase, or put the battery over, put it in the suitcase until we travel. And we get home, get to where we're going, and we unpack our bag, and the scale goes in the bathroom floor. And every morning, no matter what we did the night before, we get up on that scale and we check in to see how that day before worked for us, Okay. So, um, so number one rule is you got to weigh yourself every day for the rest of your life. It's a very simple thing to do. You've been doing it for six, twelve weeks. It is more than a habit. There's no reason to break the habit. It doesn't just you don't stop doing it just because you're no longer dieting, um, because guess what? The scale keeps you present, and this is all about talking about being present. If you can maintain being present most of your life, I tell you that not only will your work production be great, not only will your relationships be better, not only will you get more out of your life because you're you're actually present versus off in la la land. So the second thing you're going to do is that you're going to maintain for yourself the integrity of the two-pound rule. You're going to take yourself back to phase three as far as the discipline of phase three. And every time that you choose a food combination in the real world, eating for life, you know, not living to eat, um, and you go out and you celebrate, or you go out and you have a, you know, you have what, you know, what the f day, or you go to the movie and you say, what the heck, popcorn, hot dogs, let's just do it, you know, pretending you're loading day. You know, I don't know if people have those days, but I'm sure they do. Your body's going to respond. It is going to respond, probably. In a relatively dramatic way, based on the data you already know. So, you, if you already know from your feedback that you put the other two starches in a, in a in a combination in one meal, and you do that one meal, and your body responded a little bit to it, or or, or a lot, depending on what your feedback was, and you did that now two or three times throughout the day. You're pretty much guaranteed you're going to wake up the next day. And you're going to have some some you know some water weight, some some carb weight, some weight. But the point is that you can tell yourself it's water weight and it's going to go away. But it it will go away if you have a, maintain a very 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 strict diet. But most people don't. Most people don't. So the only way to rectify that is the all encompassing protein day. The same kind of remedy you did when you went over two pounds in phase three. I'm telling you guys. To this day I really haven't discovered or haven't been able to dissect the secret behind the, the steak day or the now we call the protein day because there are, are other alternatives but it's simply the only thing I think is protein your body gains weight through protein edema you take in the protein your body lets go of the edema which is the water and it go, takes you back to your calibrated weight and this is about if you keep bouncing back to your calibrated weight set point point. It's gonna solidify that point point. your body's going to, your body's just gonna become very, very firm and consistent that this is my body weight. This is my body weight. This temporary thing over here is not where I belong. Guess what? And it's gonna start working with you to get back to here versus working with you to get over here or allow yourself to go over here. Now this is where the discipline comes in. The theory and actually implementing it is easy. What's not easy is actually showing up in your life and doing it for yourself. Because Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I did it, you know, for a year religiously, not a problem. I think we almost went two years without a problem, and then we gave ourselves the vacation days, and then we had to come back. Because they don't vacation. The previous vacations, our vacations today, which we have one coming up next month, is a lot different than it was two years ago, or three years ago, or even a year ago, because we keep modifying. But it used to be, go on vacation, knock yourself out, and then come back and just bust your ass, get in the gym, start r- keep you running up, and we exercised on vacation anyway, but we tried to ma- maintain it, didn't go over 10 pounds, but usually it between five, but there's been those times, Jamaica where it was 10 pounds, and Mexico was 10 pounds, and a lot of it's just the carb water weight, but still, the point is, if you don't bring it back right then and there, um, it'll stick around longer and longer, then you psychologically, you adjust yourself to be okay with that, and then your number starts moving, and it starts moving, two pounds becomes five pounds, five pounds becomes 10 pounds, and if you heard me talk about it before, on this protocol, you don't gain your weight back in the same place. So your clothes may fit the same for months. They may fit the same within 10 or a gain of 10 or 15 pounds. And you think, oh, I'm just gaining muscle. I'm saying every little con you tell yourself, every little story you tell yourself it doesn't. that you know deep down inside doesn't make sense. You're gonna pay the price. So this this is the trick, guys. It's literally a trick. You have a you have one of those days where you did whatever you want to do, you had some gain. It, was, it could be two pounds or five pounds. I don't care what it is, whatever it is that particular day, then the very next morning you see yourself over two pounds, you either tell yourself right in then, okay, today's a protein day or steak day. So you either you can either have hard boiled eggs throughout the day, you can have fake yogurt throughout the day, you can have or oh, you can do the fast and do the steak day at the end of the day, which is which is kind of my favorite. I kinda of like, you know Sip on tea and, and water, and just, you know, and, and let my body flush it out. And I have the big grande steak. That works for me. I like it. My wife can't do that. And people who are hypoglycemic can't do that. So having the alternative protein days is good. But it works, and it works like clockwork, and it'll immediately take that weight right off of you and put you right back where you were or lower. And when, not only does, does, does that control feel powerful, that you can control this and you don't have to let your body and your life get out of control, but it's just nice to know that you're right back where you started from. And then, and now the biggest tedious part, and I want to try to wrap this up. So we can leave a couple minutes minutes in case somebody has any questions um, is uh, if you are. Not pay, not doing the pay attention thing. You're not paying attention to your list that you have, and I'd even copy my list and put it in my wallet or purse. If you're just, I mean, if you, it depends how serious it's, how important it is for you to to stay in and live in the body of your life. And for some people, it's gonna be more important than others. But the point is, is that if you're not living by this this list that you created for you, your list of foods that you can enjoy, not enjoy, or have to avoid and you're 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 eating and then seeing yourself spike up and having to do a steak day or protein day, it's gonna get a little tedious if you have to do a steak day every other day. That's I will tell you that now, that that gets a little frustrating, gets a little tiresome, and then you kinda of go, you know, I'm not doing this steak day again. I'm not I just I'm tired of having steak days. Well that's because of the choices you made. That's because that's an immediate sign that if you're having more than one steak day in a week, you're that means you're living unconscious. You're already going back to your old habits and old lifestyle. It's a warning sign that you're slipping back into the abyss. And I'm telling you, people, just take yourself back to every time you've lost weight and gained it all back and how you felt. If that's not enough motivation to make you kind of go, oh, I'll just pay attention and prick do the steak day once a, once a week. Is that how much you have to do? Some people don't have to do it once a week. Some people are so dialed in that it's like once a month or once every blue moon. But the point is, let's say it's once a week. Once a week it's not going to kill you. It's one day out of the week that you actually, but it has to be on the day that you see the weight come. It can't be, you can't gain the weight and then let it go two days, three days ago. I'm going to do a steak day today. It will not work the same way it works on the very first day. Tell you that now. If you don't do it the morning, you wake up and see yourself. I don't care if you're 2.1 pounds over. If you do not do it that day. You've already give, you've already basically made the decision that you're okay with gaining the weight back, and now it just may have it may not happen today. It's going to happen a week from now, or a month from now, or a year from now, but it will come back. So I'm going to wrap it up and let you know that this I'm going to do a real quick recap. You know, it's funny the audience on this show is probably the lowest audience we've had in months. Yet this is probably the most important aspect of the protocol that caused people the most problems. Because losing weight on this protocol is not not hard at all. Maintaining it really isn't hard if you follow our our formula. People do it like it's nothing. Figuring out how to eat to live instead of living to eat and having everyday life is the biggest obstacle most people have. With their kids and their this, the kids want this. They want cheeseburgers. You know, it's hard. And without this information, without implementing this knowledge right here, you have just made your life that much harder. And yet. This didn't, this, you know, I say, I do a phase phase two uh, show, freaking the lines lit up. I mean, they're full. I do a phase three, everyone's afraid of phase three. You can't get anybody on the line. You know, the one thing, the arch nemesis, the, the one thing that people think they can figure out for themselves, which is the number one reason why people will come back to buy our protocol again and again and again, those who do, those who don't get the lesson the first time or second time around, this is why. So it saddens me that, that you didn't show up today, but with, I like the fact that this show can be replayed. I've also recorded this show, so it's going to be on my YouTube channel. So hopefully, it's still going to reach those who need to reach it because my podcast reaches thousands of people around the world. So I know that the message will get out there, but I think it's kind of a little funny to so you get the you get the dichotomy of what goes on that we don't we not we don't want to know about this because somehow we this is either too much pain or we just used to our pattern. But anyway, recap week one of phase four one starch in one meal for the day for seven days and changing out the different starch week two of phase four you're going to do two starches in the same day but not in the same meal for seven days switching out different starches and sugars and in the phase i mean week three of phase four you're going to be you're going to combine two starches in the same meal only one meal throughout the day for 7 days and see and you're going to take that data in and make a list of which foods your body loves and which foods it senses that means that your diet is personal to you it's not following a eating a diet that works for everybody cuz you know what, this protocol is the only diet I've ever seen or, or a protocol I've ever seen that it actually works for the masses phase 1 through 3 like clockwork you follow it it proves itself Phase four is where we had to really dig to come up with something that would work for the masses, and so far this seems to be the formula, and, and, and trust me, I keep trying to find a better formula, and we, we talked about my EODD um, every other day eating plan, which actually works really well as well too, so look up that podcast. Um, from a few months back. But the two of these, comp- they kind of work in hand in hand because having a list and then doing your every other day dieting where you you have these sugars and starches every other day, they both work together. But you kind of have to understand both concepts individually before you can put them together. So anyway, we got about 10 minutes left. <clears throat> I'm going to open up the lines. We only have a couple callers. So if you're, if you're brave callers, have questions, Press 1 on your phone. Put your hand up. That lets me know that you have a question. more than happy to answer that question. One person has their hand up but has been up for a while, so I'm not that sure if that's a question or a voice check. But anyway, we'll find out, um, the caller. And if if not, we'll end the show. But hopefully, as always, I hope I brought you some content. I know I've given you content that will make a difference in how you live your life from phase 3 on you just have to implement it. And it sounds like a lot, and it sounds overwhelming, but if you actually use it as a game, you play it as a game to figure out what foods you can get away with, it actually becomes very fun and very fascinating, but it also gives you information. It's also something you can do with your kids, to let them know that it's okay to have you know, junk food every once in a while, but you know, try not to do it in these combinations, and you teach them, you educate them in these combinations, and it makes it really cool um, for them to understand they can have You know, these high fat foods every once in a while, but they mix it in with the good, you know, the good carbs and the good proteins and fats. And we don't have to have children that are obese, you know, because they say if your parents are obese, there's what what ninety percent chance or seventy percent chance your children are going to be obese. If both actually if both parents are obese, there's a ninety percent chance that your children are going to be obese. Um, and no matter how skinny they may look right now, that that's a statistic. And child obesity is is going through the roof. So you know, take some of these things and make it a family affair, and you'll be surprised on how how easily everybody jumps on board. Anyway, so we have some hands up. Seven five seven six seven five you're on the air. Welcome to the show. Hey Colin. Uh, Morgan Williams here. I, I don't have a question. I just I just always have to call in, tell you how awesome uh you and Jane are. You've been a big mentor. Uh I'm a I'm a year away. Next week will be a year away that I ended H C G and I've been able to maintain. Uh I just want to tell the listeners, you know. It's it's awesome and it, it's just a way of life. Awesome. Thank you for calling in and, and 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 giving us a shout out. I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. God bless you, Colin. Bye. Bye. That was very nice. Um six seven eight five three eight. You're on the air. Hi, Colin. This is Pearl and um uh, I'm not at this phase yet. I'm a new convert. I found you on the internet and I love what you're saying. Uh, Unfortunately, I found you too late. I started another program, which I'm ending. I found it on the Internet. I've only lost 10 pounds in 30 days, but I'm going to start your program as soon as I wait the six weeks. But I was looking at phase four and you said steak day. What were some of the other alternatives because I don't eat steak? You said other protein? Basically the, the you know, the the purpose of the protein day is because most people that have a spike in weight like that are suffering from protein edema, which means your body's holding on to water. So if you give yourself protein now, in the Simeon's protocol, he called it a steak day. We actually fasted all day, and you had a steak at the end of the day. Um, you can. We we've used alternative protein days as actually having protein all day. Especially if my wife can't do this, the, you know, the fasting all day thing. So we did hard boiled eggs, six or seven hard boiled eggs throughout the day. That worked well. Um, having like a pint of fake yogurt. Three or four times throughout the day, so having like four pints of uh, I think pint I think that's the right size pint, right? I, I don't know what that is, but you know uh-huh, throughout the day okay. uh, eating that because it's very Greek yogurt is very high in protein. Um, or doing the steak the steak there There's other you know you got to be make sure that the, whatever pro, like you know protein you're choosing that's really high in protein. Um, you know I would even say like a uh, like a you know J Rob uh, egg white protein shake. Having multiple shakes throughout the day could also do the trick. But something, I mean, I'll tell you, the the steak day does work best. So If you can find something that's really, that equals the amount of protein in a steak and still do it, and you're able to fast without having, feeling lightheaded or having any hypoglycemia problems, that seems to be the number one, the biggest, the biggest loss comes from that fasting steak day. But the other two protein days are for people that cannot fast or do not eat, or do not eat, uh, can't eat meat for some reason. Okay, well, okay. thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to starting your program. I'll be able to start it around Christmas. I just got your book yesterday, read the whole thing, and I'm excited about it. Thank you so much. Never too late. We, yeah, I, I believe in divine timing, and you found us right when you needed to, and you needed to do that protocol and learn whatever you learned from that. So it's never too late. Yeah. Everything's. So thank you. All right, thank you. All right, any more calls? Any more hands up here? Okay, guess not. All right, guys. So. I think I'm going to wrap it up, but I, I, I appreciate those who are here. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this show. Um, I'm doing the recordings of the show to put them on YouTube because some people also like to, to do the video thing. That's how I learn to watch the videos. And just give you another medium to share this information and have people access it. Um, and I, hopefully, like I said, we've delivered to you content that you can use. And even if you're not in Phase 4 yet, uh, definitely play this back. Um, and, and write down some notes, or buy our book. You can get it on either uh, Amazon. It comes with, with our complete kits, um, either How to Feel Good Naked in 26 Days or ACG Body for Life, the Advanced H-E Diet Protocol, both on Amazon. My wife's got a great um, recipe book, and we will be um, launching a new coaching program here, hopefully next week, um, this time next week, or maybe the end of next week or the weekend, because um, it's our ACG Underground Revolution, which is going to be a step-by-step breakdown of the entire protocol, our protocol. Um, through a, a live coaching program, through Facebook, through a Facebook group. So it's going to be also a Facebook group. Where everybody can have conversation. They can post their, their photos. They can post their – you know, their progress, they can ask questions. I'll be there to coach you. I'll be also doing a live call, um, usually weekly or bi-weekly, specifically for that coaching program so we can get people that are having problems dialed in or celebrate those that are doing well. Um, but this is the closest thing I'll get to a new contest, if you will. And there's going to be some really cool um, bonuses that I, I'm not going to disclose now, but I'll disclose on the launch, that um, will really give you guys an incentive, individual incentive, to um to really do your best with the protocol and, and try and lose as much weight as you can. And I'll talk about that um, later in the week or later next week when we get ready to launch. Another hand came up. We got four minutes. Uh, three, four, seven. Hello. Hello. Hey, yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. I just wanted to know basically uh how how does juicing vegetables and fruits play into HCG? Like if you wanted to fast and not actually eat you know the uh, of too much you don't want to go over too much of a of a uh, you know to eat too much can you juice and do the acg as well you know, I, it, you well, know if you well, eat too much can you juice and do the acg as well we have the two to <laughs> <laughs> last weight was on the depth all the protein in but this is the problem with juicing you still have, only can have the vegetables especially the vegetables, the fruits, you have a limited amount of fruits you can use in the juicing process. And, and what happens is, is that if you try, if you use wrong fruits or too much fruit juice, which is basically fructose, you know, you're going to, have to react. not okay. designed for a juicing diet. It's actually, the, the process to show you how to have portion control, and make sure you're getting the right amount of protein with the right amount of vegetables and fruits. And, um it's challenging it's not impossible, but you have to be very selective on the fruit and vegetables you're using to be within protocol. okay, will okay. you actually cover that in the future? yeah, I will actually, we're actually trying to put actually putting together a comprehensive vegetarian protocol uh, which will encompass um juicing and raw and the raw food protocol it's It's really difficult you try to get right combination best of protein I think I've discovered in most successful you have to have a relatively high level of protein and with the vegetables and the vegetarian aspect and the juicing aspect it gets very challenging to be able to meet that protein challenge. But we're working on it. Hopefully that'll be in our next book. Okay, thank okay. you so much. Okay. All right guys more questions. Uh thanks for being here as, as always. I love you bunches. I appreciate the questions. I appreciate the feedback And uh, I love that I get to do what I do, and and, um, I feel blessed every single day. So God bless you. Thanks for being here, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.